Welcome to Gain That Tune. back everybody it's game that tune in the house once again this is uh, episode 39 man we're closing in fast on 40 episodes and 200 games covered on this show oh my uh, god you know think about that guys you know that uh we're kicking a little bit of ass continuing to kick a little bit of ass it's, uh, it's a good feeling man um you know it's your it's your boy john harrington here with us as always we got john regan say hey hey yeah we got jesse moore say hey hey and we got David Fleming say, go Cubs, go. Go Cubs, go. Yeah, that's how they say it in Chicago, I assume. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure it is. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Thank Usually you it's like with more slurring and beer spilling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Bill Murray nearby, I assume, from what you has shown me. <laughs> go yeah. Cubs, go. Oh, yeah. I can't yeah. Bill Murray's there Bill, all Bill the Murray time. is hanging out in my dining room right now. <laughs> exactly. And now we introduce special guest Bill Murray, right? Guys, wait. <laughs> did we not lock down Bill Murray for this week's show? Fuck. Um, <laughs> no, we totally did. Bill Murray, like I said, he's just chilling here. And this would be the point where we just edit in a clip of a Bill Murray line from a movie. <laughs> yes, you know, edit in him doing the uh, the lounge singer thing. So <laughs> I was gonna uh, say it's like Bill Murray's right here. It's a Cinderella story. Wait, <laughs> why did you choose that clip of all of them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, to our live viewers, thank you for taking time out of Game 7 of the World Series to watch along with us. I'm sure that happened. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to our podcast listeners, thank you as always for being here. Uh, it's going to be a great show tonight. Our theme this week is uh, handheld games, as chosen by David from last week. Um, you know, I guess I you know, should go in my usual order if you're just joining us. What we do here is guess video games based on music. We got five games on tonight's show, three songs from each game. It's your job as the listener and our job as the players to listen to the songs, hear a little bit of trivia, and guess the games. So, winner at the end of the night gets to pick a uh, pick a theme for the next episode and play a bonus song. And that's what David did last week. I you know don't know if it was in honor of the recently announced N- Nintendo Switch, but I'm gonna find a way to work that into every podcast until that thing comes out. So, boo yeah, good on me. Um, yeah, so, if, uh, if there's nothing else, uh, nothing else to say, I think, uh, I think we just jump right into it, baby, let's do it, game one. Alright. Game one.
love that. For oh, the start of the show. that's I. That's a good way to start. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> So fun and familiar. Bob Marley's Moonwalker. <laughs> hmm. So uh, this game was initially developed to be released as a puzzle game spinoff of the Donkey Kong series, but it changed mascots after Rare's acquisition by Microsoft. Hmm. up on their obscure rare games Ugh. i know <laughs> i'm wrong <laughs> yeah wait <laughs> say that again 
<laughs> it's a rare game? Yeah, it was, uh, was going to be a Donkey Kong puzzle game until Rare got bought by Microsoft, so Rare released it with a different mascot. Oh, Rare released Oh! Okay. <laughs> Quickly. That doesn't change my answer, because I don't know what the answer is, but fuck. <laughs> uh, while we're waiting... I at least uh, have a better guess now. This uh, this request came to us from frequent requester of obscure games, Dell, on Twitter, at oh, Delishin Hikari. Um, so if, you know, Jesse's perplexed, uh, take it out on Dell later on Twitter. Um, but actually I, uh, I played this game a little while before the show and it's actually a really fun game despite really? its incredible obscurity. So, uh, <laughs> let's, let's see some answers. <laughs> uh, John Regan says Bob Marley's Moonwalker. <laughs> That's incorrect. Jesse Moore says Mario versus Donkey Kong. Also incorrect. David says Mr. Pants. That's Close enough to get a cha-ching. The title of the game is It's Mr. Pants. (laughs) See, I thought you were saying it was like it was a Donkey Kong game and then they changed it from Donkey Kong to somebody else, like Kirby or something like that. I didn't realize it changed it to a different Rare game. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Rare got bought by Microsoft, so the Donkey Kong IP reverted back to Nintendo and they still had this game on the shelf and they're like... Yeah, fuck it. Just uh, put it out with Mr. Pants. And <laughs> then everybody uh, was like, who's Mr. Pants and why would I buy this game? And, uh, you know, yeah. Ten years passed and here we are talking about a game that too. <laughs> um, so, did you actually pay, David, did you actually play uh, It's Mr. Pants? Um, I have not played it. The only reason that I know this is because I, as longtime Game That Tune fans will know, I love Jet Force Gemini which was made by Rare and had certain codes. One of them was, it changes all the enemies into Mr. Pants. It's like, nice. who is Mr. Pants? It's like, oh, it's an old, like, it's the mascot for Rare's website, and they made a puzzle game with Mr. Pants in it. Yeah. He okay. Appears, he appears to be a stick figure drawn in MS Paint, wearing a bowler hat and a pair of underwear, and it looks like he, uh, you know, was on Rare's website for quite some time, and they, uh, they decided to finally give him his own game. <laughs> and, uh, it's actually a pretty fun puzzle game. Yeah, I feel like, you know, people definitely would have noticed it more if it had remained, uh, whatever it was going to be, Donkey Kong's Coconut Crackers. Or, <laughs> hey, you know, whatever it's Donkey was. Kong. <laughs> it's Donkey Kong in a bowler hat and underwear. It's, Wait, no. Uh, without <laughs> it's pants. Donkey Kong's pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's Donkey Kong, now with pants. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's the, exact same, it's the exact same game as it was before. But, but he's, he's got, got pants. pants. He's got new pants. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, you know, it's a, it's a very strange little game. It's got a very, uh, very cartoony, like, MS Paint art style. There's underwear all over the screen. Um, and basically, it's just, it's a very simple puzzle game. Like, there's colored, uh, colored blocks on the screen, and you have to, you, you get blocks, like, a certain number per level that you have to rotate and place on these, uh, these puzzles. And, yeah, you know, I only got a few levels into it, but, uh, it, you know, it gets kind of challenging. It's, uh, you know, it'll be like a yellow and red and blue thing, and you can't put like the same color over its own color, and so you gotta like, I don't know, you gotta arrange the pieces to when you complete a like a complete rectangle of one color, it disappears. So it's you know it's uh, it's tough to explain, but you get your hands on it. It's a Game Boy Advance game. It's pretty simple. You got one button to fucking place the block and another button to rotate the block. And, you know, it, in the first five levels, pretty, uh, pretty well explains itself. And then, you know, for me at least, 
the, uh, you know, the difficulty started ticking up, and I was just like, ah, you know, this is still under the easy category, and I'm, you know, I'm doing like ten attempts on these damn puzzles. Like, <laughs> I hate myself, but <laughs> it's actually, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, the music is fucking adorable, as you, uh, as you heard. Uh, you know, it was, uh, composed mostly by Robin Beanland, which is a very English name, but also had, uh, compositions by David Wise and, uh, somebody else from Rare's team, Evelyn Fisher. And, uh, yeah, I get the feeling that if I owned this game back in the day, I would play it with the sound off. <laughs> because while the, <laughs> while the music's really great, the one thing that just was you know destroying my enjoyment of it was the very overdone uh, like voice of Mr. Pants himself. He speaks in a very thick British accent, and he he talks throughout the whole fucking puzzle. Like every time you place a piece, he says something, and then when you fail and have to restart, you know he's one he uh, every time you start a puzzle, it you know shows like you know the difficulty screen, and so he goes. Hey! Easy. I'm like, this isn't that easy. Son of a bitch, stop rubbing it in, you stick figure. And then <laughs> you start the puzzle, and he also goes, you know, attempt seven. I'm like, god damn it. Stop. You know, quit bringing shit up. I'm like, there's no game overs in this game. Attempt eight. You know, like, oh, fucking Mr. Pants. Like, oh, if I, you know, if there's an option to turn off his voice. Then I'll turn it off and just enjoy the music, but, uh, you know, because the game itself, it's fun. Like, I want to complete the whole game, but I don't like the, the thick British voice at all. Did he figure out how high he counts up to? Like, you just keep going until he stops announcing what attempt it is? No, honestly, I didn't. That's the thing. I was, I was really, he made, he made me determined to achieve the fucking puzzle. It's like, you know, fuck him. You know what? I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to get this. I'm going to fucking do yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I really hope at some point in the higher levels you just attempt to uh, bugger it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should have given up a long time ago, yank. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Mr. Pants, please. How's Mr. Uh, Pants know where I live? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it's the American version of the game. He gets very insulting towards us yanks. Um, so it's just yeah. an incredibly strict character who very passively, aggressively insults you. It is, in fact, the most British game possible. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they could make a game more British, but you know, here we are. <laughs> if it was, you know, if it was Mr. Pants's tea time, then you know, then it's just it's a British explosion. But um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun game, man. I you know I doubt it's gotten any you know re-release in subsequent years. I think like I was reading about it. I think Mr. Pants makes like you know little background cameos in like rare games. Like he's probably you know in a picture frame somewhere in like Banjo's house or some shit like that. But like I don't think there's a big clamoring for this game to come back in like Wii <laughs> Virtual Console or anything like that. <laughs> Even though uh, you know was it I, in that rare replay? I don't know honestly because. Um, yeah. Seems like it would have been, because it's, like, Rare's guy, so maybe it was. Maybe that it's just like I was reading through the list of Rare replay games and just ignored this, because up until I took this request, I had never fucking heard of this game. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, all these fucking Rare games, Battletoads, it's a Mr. Pants, uh, keep it moving on. Like, yeah, I don't know what that you know. is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not, not even going to look at that. Perfect <laughs> triangle, Next. Yes. Yeah, not clicking that link, that's a trap. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just a fun little puzzle game. It, you know, um, you know, I would suggest all of you uh, check it out in some uh, some perfectly legal means of playing Game Boy Advance games. 
Uh, John, I'm sure you know the proper avenues for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, you Google uh, Mr. Pants Rom. Then <laughs> 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 no, 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 I think, I think you mispronounced Amazon.com. Yeah, you know, just send a link to all of our li- listeners and viewers on how to do emulation. Uh, and yeah, everybody will be able if to you, enjoy It's Mr. Pants. <laughs> if you subscribe to our Patreon, we will let you know the secret ways to get uh, games. <laughs> yeah. The things you actually have to the Google search to come Google up with for. Mr. Pants Robs. <laughs> for people really listening in podcast form, Jesse is actually winking as he says this. <laughs> I just love the idea that people ask, like, hey, like, how do I find a ROM of so-and-so? And I just send them back a link of where I literally Googled how do I find a ROM of so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> but first you have to ask them for $5 a month. Yeah. <laughs> like, first we have pay to start on all. Patreon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> first things first, we actually do Patreon. Um, so yeah, if you if you guys want uh, Mr. Pants ROMs, then you know, let us know by demanding that we start a Patreon for it. And uh, there we go. So yeah, you have to tell us to start a Patreon, and then pay us on the Patreon, and then we'll send you a link to the ROMs. It'll be great. It'll be dope. So thanks again, thanks again, Dell, for the request, and uh, you know, keep them coming, man. Let's uh, let's move on. Game two. beginning of that mm-hmm. it's all i can't even do it <laughs> i was gonna say don't don't we just heard it <laughs> <laughs> so leave let's it to the blue see here i had a hard time actually finding good trivia on this one but 
This was slated to be remade for the Game Boy Color, uh, along with Metroid 2 was actually going to be remade for a Game Boy Color under like a DX brand. Uh, but those are canceled. And that's my <laughs> trivia. Tight. need more trivia or do you think you have it <laughs> uh guys uh go for it oh shit i didn't actually <laughs> no <have> don't <laughs> <laughs> this game had a lot of cool features Just when you played it stop it john don't don't, don't uh-huh. <laughs> including extra sound effects uh-oh <laughs> all right let's see some answers i got my finger on the ultra we have ooh. We have uh, Kirby's Dreamland and Kirby's Dreamland from John and D- Jesse, which is incorrect. David said Kirby's Dreamland 2, which is correct. That's that a real son of a bitch move there, John. Yeah, it- <laughs> sounds like a semantics. It, it was a 50-50 shot, and I was like, wait, I know Kirby's Dreamland 2 is like the better game, so I'm going to go with John picking that. Yes. Kirby's Dreamland is a fine game. Yeah. Yeah, it's but you the, couldn't copy the- abilities. It, but it's the first game in the Kirby series, man. Show some respect. <laughs> no, I mean, I like it, but, you know, you can doesn't copy mean abilities. I like the original Super... No, let, it, let the record show that David hates Kirby's Dreamland. Yeah, no, the, the OG Dreamland is, like, the only Kirby game without the copyability thing. What they have instead yeah. is there's some items that when you suck them up and you spit them out, something different happens, but you don't have, like, the copy... Concept yeah. uh, that didn't show up until Kirby's Adventure for uh, for the NES. Kirby's Dreamland One did yeah. not have that. Weird. People forget that Kirby's Dreamland actually had the subtitles. Kirby's Dreamland, you know, suck and spit. That's <laughs> you know, just that's what it was. You know, it was uh, it was a sucking and spitting game. Well, see you later, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Can't top that sucking and spitting. Get it? Get it? Right? I'll be here all night, folks. So yeah, that, um, so that first song that first song was the Dark Castle music for the game. That second song was um the forest stage. And the third song was uh shit, it was called the stage is called Red Canyon, but I picked that because they that's a song that was actually reused from Kirby's Adventure on NES. They did a nice. Game Boy cover yeah. of it. And it, the composers on this game is uh Kazu Ando and Tadishi Ikigami. Nice. Gotta show some love for Hirokazu Ando. He's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so uh, you obviously uh, played more Kirby games than I did back in the day, Johnny, so, uh, so you know, go nuts. Yeah, I uh, I loved this game because this was um, 
this was one of my first times playing a game that had like a extra boss where you have you know if you have you have to complete a certain task to fight the extra boss and that was definitely kind of mind-blowing because i remember getting to the end and um you know like you beat ddd and then like this little guy appears and just kind of runs away you're like wait a minute <laughs> like, who the fuck was I think, that <laughs> I think there's something i could do here <laughs> it's almost like they're hinting that there's more to this game Maybe if i collect all these rainbow hmm. pieces i found on the ground <laughs> And yeah, uh, it's funny because they're all they, the rainbow pieces are all green. It's a <laughs> Game Boy game. <laughs> hmm. And and it was fun too because I remember in Kirby's Adventure you had twenty different abilities, and I got Kirby's Dreamland too, and there's only eight, and I was kind of pissed. But then they have the three <laughs> animal friends, and each of those changes the ability, meaning it's really eight mm. times four is thirty-two abilities. <laughs> like, Damn. <just> way more. <laughs> It's like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Everybody loves, you know, animal modifications to abilities. You know, John, that's a very specifically you statement. Who does that mean? I don't know. It just reeks of you, like... I had at Robodogs. It just reeks of you in, like, second grade being like, ah, oh, you know, there's only eight abilities, but wait, four times eight... <sighs> <laughs> I learned inequalities because of Kirby's Dreamland too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish uh, I wish I had more to say about the Dreamland series. I really only played the Kirby's Adventure games, uh, like the NES and then Super NES series, and then eventually Superstar. You know, I didn't really uh, didn't really get into the original Game Boy Kirby games. You know, but I miss I, the Animal Helpers. Yeah, you know why don't those make a return? It seems like those. You know, that's just like. You know, not like a you know completely untapped well, but it seems like it's been a while since there's been animal helpers. <laughs> like, weren't they in the '64 one? I could, like I thought they were. Maybe not. No, they were in Kirby's. Uh, they're in the whatever. I think it was Dreamland Three, which Dreamland was on the 3. NES. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Had them. But uh, but no. I know they made um a cameo in one of the 3DS Kirby games has like a fighting mini game in it, and there's like a stage. It's basically Kirby Smash Brothers. And there's a stage that have, like, all of the animal buddies that pop out and, like, will mess with you. Like, the mm. owl kind of, like, swoops down and will hit you, and Rick the hamster kind of rolls in across the bottom. I do love that the hamster's name is Rick. That's a that's a nice touch. But yeah, I mean, the problem with Kirby's Dreamland 3 is it came out in 1997, and I had sold my Super NES by then. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'd moved on to eventually Kirby 64, and, uh, you know, prior to that, Kirby Superstar. But, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Kirby games are dope. Uh, so what was that? Uh, what was that secret boss that you got to? Uh, that you got His to face? name is Dark Matter, and I think this is the first appearance of Dark Matter. I think he shows up in other games, but um, mm. yeah. And so basically, he's just this like blob that kind of took over King DDD. And so uh, if you get all the rainbow pieces, you get a rod. Like I think I don't know if it's the star rod or the rainbow rod or whatever it's called. But then you get to go like you basically. Jump up and you're slowly it's a rod. you're slowly falling back to earth and fighting him with it. And it's pretty. It's a pretty fun boss fight. It's pretty good. Yeah, Kirby's, I like it a lot. Kirby series. I think we've talked about it before. It's actually got some cool boss fights. You know, yeah. they uh, they have a tendency to you know have like a final boss where it turns into like a shooter game or whatever, like in a in Superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do some fun stuff with the uh, with the boss fights. It's not just all. What? It's not just all sucking and spitting. 
I love how, like, cute and adorable the Kirby series is, but, like, a lot of the final boss fights are incredibly epic against, like, massive, horrible monsters. Yeah, massive, like, terrifying monsters. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember the first time I played Kirby's Adventure, it's like, oh, cute boss, oh, it's the sun and the moon, oh, it's a tree, what the fuck? Like, you get this, like, Dracula yeah. fucker. Like, yeah, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, that guy is terrifying for the Kirby world and you're still just Kirby yeah. annihilating him <laughs> and yeah it's like you just thought oh here's King DDD oh ha he's cute look at him suck up air oh ha ha then yeah this demon comes out of him <laughs> like oh Jesus <laughs> <laughs> oh he was possessed the whole time he's just a he's just a kindly penguin no no you know, he's still a dick, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was also he's also possessed by a demon. He was, so. or no, actually, I, I'm getting the story wrong. In Adventure, the story was that he was actually trying to save the planet the whole time because mm. he had broken up the star rod that powers the fountain of dreams, and nobody was having dreams anymore. But he did that because this guy was named Nightmare, and he was preventing people from having nightmares. I I'm <laughs> know so this game's way that too you're telling the story. <laughs> Because <laughs> if there's one thing that you know, game that tune listeners care about, it's a uh, Kirby story canon and <laughs> properly getting the stories right. You know, that's definitely why people listen to this show. <laughs> it's yeah, you know, just strictly to fact check us on whether or not we remember the story elements of Kirby games. Every um, once in a while, I do this show and I wonder afterwards, do I have autism? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might. <laughs> like, Man. Just a touch? Yeah. I'm really down to the weeds of this Kirby right now. <laughs> yeah, a little, little scooch of that. You got a little something. I like <laughs> Sonic, you know? I mean, <laughs> just adds up. Mm. Yeah, God. Uh, let's just get a Kirby-Sonic crossover so John can just, uh, <laughs> you know, go off and play that for the rest of his life. <laughs> um... Actually, that does sound great. You know, because Kirby can roll just like Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, cool, man. So Kirby's Dream Land 2, great pick. Uh, you know, I should... Yeah. I'm going to start thinking that you're just fucking trying to trick us all the time. After last week in the River City Ransom bullshit, I'm just not going to assume that you're doing the first entry in any series anymore. I'm just, you know... It sucks, He's man. He's here to, to play. Overthink. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. You know, John's showing up, man. I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to fucking uh, have to turn it up. Gonna have to really turn on my thinking cap when John uh, when John brings a game. I don't like it. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, anybody else got anything to say on uh, Kirby's Dream Run 2 or the Kirby Game Boy entries? Um, actually, I just wanted to say just to give a shout out uh, because we were talking about combining the powers with the animal buddies and all the different combinations and different powers. The best one was it was the giant sunfish and i think it was the spark ability yes where like you would shoot out you would spit out a little light bulb and then you could like you would open your mouth and pop out a light bulb and it would just highlight the area but then you could shoot the light bulb and it would explode afterwards so you're just yes. shooting spitting light bulbs at people and that was my favorite one yeah it's a video game version of a fish bulb yeah classic kirby exactly. fish bulb <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it, fish bulbs. Uh, let's move on to game three. <laughs> game three.
pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. Good tunes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, despite being released just months after its popular console counterpart, this game received almost no coverage or critical reaction. The January 1998 issue of Nintendo Power gave it a 6.7 out of 10, calling it, quote, good.
How are you guys feeling? Can you repeat the trivia? I have a wild guess. Absolutely. So, oh, that's not a trivia. That's a blank text document. <laughs> uh, trivia. Despite being released just mere months after its popular console counterpart, this game received almost no coverage or critical reaction. The January 1998 issue of Nintendo Power gave it a 6.7 out of 10, calling it, quote, good. Hmm. Yeah. Do the oh, math. Alright, I just gotta go. Add an extra word. Okay. So, who's ready? I'm ready. So, John Regan says Rayman 2 with a question mark. Incorrect. Jesse Moore says WWF Warzone. Incorrect. And David Fleming says Tony Hawk for the Game Boy Color. Also, sadly, incorrect. Um, no, this actually came out on the original Game Boy in December of 1997, and this is Turok Battle of the Bionosaurs. Oh, wow. Which, you know, wow. Nobody, nobody even knows that subtitle. It's actually, at this point, you know, more easy to find stuff on the internet about it because it's considered just Turok for the Game Boy. Huh. But it's not... I mean, imagine, you know, going from Nintendo 64 to Game Boy. It's not really the same game. <laughs> yeah. Did you happen to uh, see who did the soundtrack? Yeah, actually, because the soundtrack, that's what drew me in. Like, I, I was playing through some Game Boy games, just, you know, kind of choosing things at random. And I was like, damn, that soundtrack is fucking dope. And it was composed, actually, by the game's primary designer, Alberto Jose Gonzalez. Ooh, okay. uh, wow. Who is I the lead... Yeah, he, exactly. He's you know he's my favorite guy from this company. Um, it sounded very he's like much the, like Tim Fallon to me. And there is a reason for that. It's because uh, you know Alberto Jose Gonzalez is the lead uh, developer at Bit Managers, which is now you know defunct because it was part of Acclaim. But uh, he uh, you know designed a lot of the games and composed the games. And he cites Tim Fallon, Ben Daglish, Chris Hulsbeck. Jonathan Dunn and David Whitaker as his musical influences, despite oh, yeah. having no formal video game or compositional training. So, yeah, he took some of those Tim Fallon notes and uh, yeah. you know made a made a dope ass Game Boy soundtrack out of it. The <laughs> like, really, the fuck out of that thing. I'm really hoping that you're gonna say that Alberto was the Mexican non-union equivalent of Tim Fallon. <laughs> you son of a bitch. That was going to be, that was in my back pocket for later. Like, yeah, this was, was like, you know, Turok was made by, you know, Iguana Studios, which was part of a claim. And this was made by, you know, Bit Managers, which essentially is the non-union Mexican equivalent of Iguana <laughs> Entertainment. Like, it's like, yeah, okay, sure. We, you know, Turok actually took off. We need a, let's throw out a Game Boy title. Uh, give it a give it a bit managers. They literally, I think they're centered in Mexico. <laughs> like, they are a Mexican video game company. Thanks for stealing my joke, John. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the game actually, uh, despite being you know, like I said, nothing like Tarak on the Nintendo 64, is pretty fun. It was it's, good. Uh, yeah, is it like <laughs> it's first person shooter? Or is it like a top down shooter? Or not even side scroller? It's a side scroller. And, uh, you know, initially you're just Turok and you have a knife, but you can pick up different weapons. 
And sadly, in my playthrough of it, I cannot figure out how to change my weapon. <laughs> but, like, there's, like, there's like 15 different weapons in the game. You can get a bow and arrow and, like, fucking a pistol, shotgun, all this different stuff, which, you know, probably comes into play, you know, later on in the game. But, uh, you know, just playing the first couple levels, it was actually a lot of fun. It's just kind of a weird Game Boy platformer where you're playing as, you know, I guess Turok. It looks more just like a, you know, generic uh, Indian sprite. <laughs> And uh, you know, you're, you're running around stabbing dinosaurs, <laughs> like, like you, do. you know. I was, I was thinking, I'm like, you know, this game, it's t you know, it's based off Turok Dinosaur Hunter, and naturally, the first thing you encounter is another man holding a tomahawk. <laughs> no, that's not a dinosaur. Okay, I'll keep going. Next thing you encounter, it's a guy with a gun. God, you know, where the fuck are the dinosaurs? Kill that guy. And it's like, oh, finally, there's a dinosaur. Stab that too. Like, <laughs> and then you start encountering some dinosaurs. But. uh... What was yeah, the coolest a, dinosaur you thought? You know, it was strictly just these little back and forth walking raptor looking dinosaurs. Oh. And they all, you know, everything in the game dies from one stab. No dinosaur so, boxes or anything? I, you know, I didn't make it to any. You, uh, you know, the first level you're trying to get through it just to get to the, uh, the game's hub. Oh, and then okay. from the hub you can choose worlds to go to. But, uh, yeah, it's actually pretty fun. It's, you know, it's... I wouldn't call it necessarily a Metroidvania game, but the the levels are big, and there's you know there's up and down and you know exploration. There's you know there's different caves and things that lead to different things, and uh, yeah, it's just it's a you know, it's a side-scrolling crappy little Game Boy Turok game with a dope-ass soundtrack. <laughs> like, you know, uh, you know, I was pleasantly surprised by it because I'm like, okay, I'll play through some Game Boy games, probably find some shit. You know, but I'll find some of the good soundtrack. And I'm like, you know, okay, Turok, I'll boot that up. And it's like, wait, this is actually, it's actually kind of tight. <laughs> it's, uh, I could, I could come back to this. <laughs> I, you know, kind of want to because it's, you know, it's a little bit forgiving. It's, you know, it's kind of hard. You know, the movement's pretty restricted because it's a fucking Game Boy game. But they start you off with like 10 health, which means you can get hit 10 times before you die, which is awesome for any Game Boy game. Yeah. And then you also get 10 lives, nice. and there's password system. It's a remarkably forgiving Game Boy game. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, because, yeah, like, also in researching this, I was playing, like, you know, DuckTales 2, and it's like, you know, you get hit two times in that game, and you're fucking dead, and then you die three times, and, you know, you're fucking done. Turok, it's like, all right, no, you fuck up all you want. You know, <laughs> you'll be all right. <laughs> like, we, we just want you to get to the end of the game, yeah. just however yeah. we can help you. Tell exactly, friends, just play please. it. Yeah. <laughs> We, we know it's not perfect. Here, have some more lives. <laughs> like, That's what you know, we slapped this good. together so fast. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, uh, you know, the Turok series, you know, I kind of wish, uh, you know, does it need to make a comeback, or is it better left uh, better left in the 90s and early 2000s? Like, you know, I feel like Turok series was fun for a minute It depends on how there. they do it. Right. You know, because I, I forgot all about it. They even made one for, like, 360 and PS3, like, back in 2008. You know, huh. that totally, totally got past me. Because it was but, uh, originally based on a comic. Oh, it was? Yeah. Like, a, yeah, like never... an old-ass comic, too. From the 30s, hmm. I think. Awesome. It's it's actually about, like, a time-traveling red Indian yeah. who winds up with a bow and arrow fighting dinosaurs. Okay, well, cool. I thought it was... I somehow thought it was, like, an original IP yeah. by fucking acclaim for the Nintendo 64 launch. That's pretty yeah. sweet. So good. That means you know there's reason to uh, possibly bring it back for new yep. generations, not just let it die with a claim. <laughs> but uh, but well, yeah, man. I, I mean, I I had fun with those games back in the Nintendo 64 days. They uh, they weren't perfect first-person shooters, but you know that the first uh, multiplayer one, was fun. I remember you the know. fog of war on that game. Oh my god! <laughs> like you couldn't see was... like three feet ahead of you. 
And yeah, you're in, a fucking, you're in a fucking jungle. <laughs> you're in a jungle. With, you know, you, all you can see is like the shrub that's right next to you, and then you're being attacked by a dinosaur. <laughs> like, sure, let's go with it. But cerebral uh, bore. Dude, that that was gonna be like my next thing. You know, like it was you know in my notes, non-union Mexican equivalent joke, and mentioned <laughs> cerebral bore, greatest weapon of all time. Yeah. You know, boom, we never have to talk about Tarak ever again. <laughs> <Come> uh, <laughs> Seriously, uh, yeah, that was like I think that's what the game's more famous for at this point. The games were actually pretty crappy, but the cerebral bro- cerebral bore is the most brutal first-person shooter game weapon, or just any video game weapon of all time. Like John and David, did we play this back in the day? Did we use this on each other? I don't remember that. No. I'm I I am aware of the cerebral bore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was uh, more of me and my older brother thing, because, yeah, that shit was so fucked up. <laughs> like, a homing missile that locks onto your opponent's head, shoots at them, then drills into their skull and makes their head explode. Awesome. Yes. That's the most 90s thing possible, and, yeah, when I was, you know, 14 and playing Nintendo 64, that's all I wanted to do. That's was definitely, hell yeah. With Peak that fucking 90s. weapon. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> That you know, it's like, it's taking that Mortal Kombat sensibility that Acclaim had so well and applying it to a first-person shooter, and it was fucking amazing. <laughs> so I, you know, sadly did not get far enough into Turok: Battle of the Bionosaurs to uh, know if there's a cerebral bore in the game. I don't think there is. Could you imagine but, uh, though, on with Game Boy graphics? That'd be pretty awesome. It'd <laughs> be so brutal. <laughs> I'm just imagining because of the limitations of the hardware, like you were running down the weapons, like you can get knife. Bow and arrow, pistol, machine gun, cerebral bore. Yeah, exactly. Because like thing, they just put all of their developments. Like we can only yeah. carry one gun over. It damn well better be that one. It's got to be that one. But yeah, and it would have to be a picture. And you'd be like, what the fuck does this thing even do? Like this doesn't even look like a gun. <gasps> Holy shit! It blew his head off. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else. Just is every just time been... you fire it, it cuts to like the graphic from Bionic Commando of Hitler's head exploding. <laughs> <laughs> just for any generic ass enemy. <laughs> just, they they convulse on the screen for a second, then you load that animation, head explode, done. Um, yeah, that should happen. So that'll happen when Game That Tune remakes uh, Turok: Battle of the Bionosaurs. Um, but yeah, it, you know. Seriously, next Patreon goal with it. God, we have so many at this point. Really got to get that thing off the ground. Because at this point, we got to start back up Bit Managers, the non-union Mexican acclaim, and get them to make this game. It's going to take a lot of money, Patreon, so, uh, so you know, hop to it. Um, anything, <laughs> anything else on, uh, on the Turok series or, uh, you know... Turok Battle of the Bionosaurs, the game we all played. <laughs> this title just makes... I keep thinking of Billy and the Clonosaurus every time he does <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's also why I was drawn to it, because it was like, Battle of the Bionosaurs, my ass. Like <laughs> That doesn't sound like Turok. <laughs> like, there weren't any bionic dinosaurs in that game to my recollection. I mean, maybe. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's been, a, it's been a good 20 years since I played it. But, uh, yeah, it, yeah, and that's the thing. Most, you know... Most things, if you Google it, like, there's no results, but then you Google just, like, Turok Game Boy. It's like, oh, you mean this? Yeah. <laughs> so, but a, lot of people ign- a lot of people ignore Battle of the Bionosaurus. <laughs> Even though it's a fucking dope title. <laughs> oh, no. It was just the guy writing it. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I think, there were, I think there were, like, you know, technologically advanced men riding dinosaurs, but I don't believe there were bionic dinosaurs. <laughs> no, I so. just remember, I think it's Turok 3 
had um, a character who I'm pretty sure was named Tobias Buckner or something like that. And the only reason I remember it is because um, for the longest time when EGM, the old magazine, had like their end of the year awards, they had a special award named after him for like the worst things because he was like a cyborg confederate general riding yes. on top of a dinosaur. It's like, mm. this is the dumbest thing that's ever happened. This is our worst of the year award. <laughs> What is that claim, baby? If, yeah. if what you just—if a game like with that as a character showed up on like the humble indie bundle, I would buy it immediately. <laughs> like I sound yes. awesome. like, <laughs> so, like, I think that answers the question. Me. Like, yes, this game, these games do need to make a re, like a resurgence. <laughs> like, absolutely, we need dinosaur, you know, first-person shooter and Game Boy ports. And yes, they need to be fucking crazy off the wall and swarming with bionic dinosaurs. No, it's, so. just, it's just the American Civil War, but with dinosaurs. Get Hideo Kojima no. to do it. Yeah, the American Civil War, but with bionosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, Wild Wild West yeah. How much would you pay for that no. game? Uh, I'd pay for it as part of a Humble Bundle. So. Yeah, yeah, whatever the Less, minimum on the Humble Bundle that would get it, I would do it. <laughs> Less than $4, I guess. We're talking upwards of five ninety nine. dollars uh, We'll tight, man. Fuck yeah. Uh, you know, big props to Turok. Big props to Jose Alberto Gonzalez, who uh, you know ripped off the musical stylings of so many great musical composers. And uh, let's, uh, let's move it on, Johnny. What do we got next? Game 4.
funky. Mm. I like it. It's funky. good cool cool thank you i was waiting for somebody to say something <laughs> oh all right so Shit, i, uh, I said a bunch of this. things with my microphone muted <laughs> thought i was going insane <sighs> all right so uh trivia for this game uh this is the first game in this series to appear on a handheld and interestingly, every single game in this series has been a launch title for a new console.
don't know how you guys are feeling, but I'm feeling pretty chill and relaxed after that. Yeah. You kidding me, man? Yeah, I'm I'm ready for a vacation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you ready, Jesse? One second. I think I just it just sprung to me. Shit. I'll spring you good. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. All right, let's see. Um, John Regan says Pilot Wings for 3DS. Jesse says Pilot Wings 3DS, and John Harrington says Pilot Wings Resort. All three are correct. Yeah, I had that in a while. Mm. Oh, it feels <laughs> feels feels right, man. Yeah, it's been a minute since we since we got a good cathartic ultra out of our systems. Uh, nice nice pick, David. Yeah. Mm. I love Pilot yeah, this is <laughs> this is one of those um, really weird games for me because the game's okay. Like right. it's a launch title. It's not like mind blowing. It's you know it's pretty good, but the soundtrack's really really good. Mm-hmm. Man, I you know I feel like soundtrack for the Pilot Wings games are always uh, they're always great, man. They're always like this odd like chill mix, like because there's not. A, those games are a blast, but there's not a lot of action in them, so it's just, you know, you want a soundtrack that's going to make it feel like you want to go hang gliding over an island. Or, you know, like wear a fucking jetpack and not have any action take place. Pilot Wings has got to be the least action-packed game ever to feature a jetpack. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Great Which is even more surprising because I was looking this up. It's like, oh, who composed, you know, Pilot Wings Resort? Uh, and it was composed by a woman named Asuka Ito. And apparently this is one of only, like, three games she's done. Like, she she worked on uh, Tamadachi Life, and she worked on one of the Rhythm Heaven games. And that's about it. It's like, damn, she needs to do more games, because this soundtrack is wonderful. Yeah, it seems like she's able to capture the spirit of a game in soundtrack form. Um, Because, yeah, uh, you know, the trivia helped, but, you know, that last, uh, and that last song obviously helped, because it contains little notes of the Pilot Wings theme. But even prior to that, I'm like... I think I know where this is going. <laughs> like, this is uh, this is some island shit right here. I'm really, uh, you know, I'm transported to Woohoo Island. So, yeah, good for uh, don't laugh at Woohoo Island. I didn't make that shit up. Nintendo did. No, yeah. just transported and it's pilot wings. It's about flying. You get transported. That's uh, that was my story. Yeah, it's multi-leveled. Yeah, you know, my uh, <laughs> my ramblings have so many layers to them. <laughs> Um, yeah, but this is just one of those soundtracks from like, you know what? I'm just gonna draw. I'm just gonna sit. I'm just gonna relax like after work, and I'm just gonna like pull up YouTube's like, oh, Pilot Wings Resort hang glider music, 30 minute extensions. Like, yeah, just play that in the background and just chill out. Oh yeah, I love the soundtrack. So you know, I never actually played the game because it was a 3DS launch title. I wasn't an ambassador or anything. So I mean, the game's okay. Is it worth? Uh, is it worth yeah, looking into okay. like it's... a used copy? It's it's kind of weird because there's like there's no free play mode like there's you every mission is timed so like mm. you can't just hang glide or get in the jet plane and just fly around the island like everything has to be done within I think five minutes or so That's which you can tell they did it just to like keep the game short so that you'd have to keep replaying it to find everything and just extend the life of it right which you know it was a launch title I get it but. I mean, it's a Pilot Wings game. It's 
fun and enjoyable, and there's collectibles all around Woohoo Island to get, and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of different vehicles. Although I thought it was weird because you get the, the biplane, and then you get the turbojet, which is the improved <laughs> version. So you've got the hang glider, and then you have the pedal glider, which is like a bicycle that you can manpower. That's the improved version. And then the rocket belt, and then the super rocket belt. It's like, oh, okay. well, what's the difference? <laughs> like, Playing uh, the jet, okay, I get that, but what yeah. makes the rocket belt super now? I would hope that with the hang glider with the pedals, it would come with a comb with a piece of wax paper over it, so you go <laughs> and make a <laughs> make a hovering noise while you're Damn floating it. around the island. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that seems a little bit, you know, just a little bit lame. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I never played Pilot Wings on SNES, but the Nintendo 64 one, I don't remember them just having souped up versions of all the vehicles, <laughs> like. Seemed like it was, uh, you know, they had different missions and all that for, you know, more. Vi- is, or were you saying it was just those things, like three vehicles and then three powered up versions of the same vehicles, or, you know? Yeah, but I mean, okay. my my point was just more like there's a big jump between like airplane and turboplane. It's like there's a big jump between like right. a hang glider that you have to use the wind currents and a hang glider you can power yourself, and then it's like, well, what's the difference between the rocket and the super rocket? Like there's, yeah. it's like a different colored version. There's yeah. nothing special about it. Yeah, you open the nozzles a little bit more. You get a little more gas. You know, you get to step on the gas a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, seems like it, they came up with it as just you know trying to showcase the 3D of the 3DS, which uh, then within the next few years just kind of took a back seat. Um, and then also, I guess the the timing constraint probably comes down to them, you know, thinking it's a handheld and people are, you know, not going to want to play, you know, for hours on end. And they obviously didn't think of you when they came up with that constraint. But, uh, you know, it seems like that's just in line with, like, Nintendo's design choices on a lot of, like, portable games. <laughs> like, let's make something that somebody can play on a train ride for a few minutes and then, you know, click it off and come back to it later. And then, you know, let's also make this as a showcase for the 3D technology on our game. And then, you know, then eventually we'll abandon that and we'll make better games. So, you know, yeah. Uh, I really wanted to play it because, honestly, I, you know, I love uh, I love Wii Sports Resort. I love the Woohoo Island setting. Like, I honestly think it's, you know, a pretty fun thing that Nintendo came up with. Like, if they had come out with, like, an even better, like, Wii U sports mix or something... And it was all set on that that island. Like I would play the fuck out of it. Cause, oh, like, what new wave race? Oh man, yeah, exactly. Just a wave race around Woohoo Island, or you know, or you know, some version of Diddy Kong Racing that takes place on Woohoo Island. Obviously, they're not going to get Diddy Kong Racing back from Rare, but like, just picture a multi-vehicle racing game that takes place on that fucking island. There's a volcano course. There's a castle course. There's, you know, a town course. There's all kinds of things. Like. Yeah, That's one of the things like... that I thought was so cool is that that island keeps popping up. Like, it was in Mario Kart 7, and it was in Smash Brothers, and mm-hmm. it was in the Wii Fit games, and then it was in Pilot Wings. Like, I don't know what it is, like, but that setting just... It's like, instead of having Mario cameo in every game, it's like having a location. Yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> That's the thing, I love that island. I'd be cool with it turning up all the time, like... You know, just make that the default home for, like, the Mario Strikers soccer stadium or some shit. Like, just find ways to work that into more games. I will play them, because I like that setting. You know, I <laughs> spent way too much time throwing a frisbee to a dog on that island. <laughs> not go back there for a vacation. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. You know, and yeah, the music, uh, the music just captures the setting. It's got, you know, it's got great tunes. Great, uh, great chillin'. 
hang gliding, pedal gliding tunes. So, Great cool. Music John, you got 3DS to, recently. Uh, have you even, what's that? You, you got a 3DS recently. Have you played this? I have not, but... That music is definitely great music to hang glide and tell your little brother that you kiss him if the Bigger Brothers organization didn't just make you sign a form promising you wouldn't. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> Had to take it to the weird place. <laughs> every, time, no, every time I think of hang gliding, that's the first thing I think of is that episode of The Simpsons. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's stop down to that you if the Bigger Brothers organization didn't make me sign a form promising I wouldn't. <laughs> Got it. Took me a second. Went right over my head. Yeah. I thought you were just, you know, letting out a weird part of yourself there for a second. <laughs> I thought like you kept hearing uh, a pedo pedocopter. What were you saying? <laughs> that was like it's got a real pedal. pedophilia tone to this song. Anyway, we're gonna move on from that. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's a David. very happy, charming soundtrack, and I'd like to keep it that way, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome not, to Game That Tune. Yeah. Will we ruin yeah. everything? <laughs> we'll find a way. Yeah. Game That Tune always finds a way. Yep. So, David, anything else on Pilot Wings? No, it's um, it's a pretty fun game. Like I said, it's a launch title and all that that implies, but it's a damn good soundtrack. Fucking right. Well, sweet man, let's keep it going. Game 5.
Yeah. <clears throat> All right. This is the second game in the Story of Seasons series of video games and was developed by Victor, Intergra Victor Interactive Software. This game is the first portable of the series developed for the Game Boy. A uh, Game Boy Color version was released later, and uh, yeah, it was also on the 3DS uh, Virtual Console in 2013. Okay. see what you guys got all right we've got john regan with a uh, penis i think yep um we got, uh john with uh harvest moon and david with harvest moon both are correct really, really all right yeah have you guys played this game before so this is harvest moon for the original game boy yeah no <laughs> oh man! I bought a, a Game Boy Pocket so I could play Pokemon, and I also got this game. So like, those two were my like favorite Game Boy games, and mm. I just remember like being so blown away by the fact that this game is about farming and it's super fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that always appealed to me. Like back when I was trying to get into the series, it's like you know, I could dig a farming game. Like, yeah, fuck it, why not? <laughs> Yeah, they it was it was a fun game. My only like complaint was since there was only two buttons, you had to switch back and forth between your items all the time. But other mm. than that, like you know, some of it was so it was kind of a relaxing game, very zen like you know, just kind of like Animal Crossing is. But you were planting stuff, and you know, over time you got to pick it, and then you got to sell it, and then you get that mad money, and you'd be like, oh sweet, I'm gonna go buy more seeds. And, like, it was just so cool talking, you know, you wake up, check the TV for the uh, weather report, 
And uh, you go out and you could feed your dog. You could just pick up your dog and carry it around all day if you wanted. The dog would just be like, whatever. Um, I do that to my dog now. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, sometimes the weather would be too bad for you to go outside. You have cows you could milk. You got chickens um, that you could uh, get eggs. I think you could get sheep that you could uh, get wool from. Um, you'd walk around and there would be stumps in your farm, so you had to break the stumps away or, or big rocks, you know. Um, it's Did either it in the, like the dating sim part that was on the SNES? Not, one? not yet. No, no. Well, I guess it was just on the SNES. You played the SNES one? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I never played that. <laughs> John one. played it for the for the dating, not so much the farming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the farming Why was cool, move? but John wanted to get down to fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to plant carrots, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I got and, some uh, seeds to uh, sell. Yeah. So I'll give you my seed. <laughs> but there were these little, like, sprites that, like, either lived in the tool shed or in this cave, and they would, like, give you farming tips or make your farming equipment better. And, uh, like, basically it starts off with your grandfather dying and and he gives you this farm <laughs> on the will. And it's all like run you. down and stuff. I gotta stop yeah. you because David is just dying right now. <laughs> like, what? Well, because I'm just sitting here thinking about John playing the Super Nintendo Harvest Moon with all these like sexual euphemisms and all that in my head. And when that game came out, you must have been like seven. I'll, I'll break your. I'll bust up your stump. <laughs> I'm just imagining like this Gross. eight-year-old sitting at the computer, say, or sitting at the TV, saying this, and your parents just like, "John, yeah. you're not allowed to play that anymore." <laughs> we all had to learn Where about did you sex learn these things. <laughs> Weird Japanese shit out of my house. Yeah. Exactly. You play Sonic the Hedgehog. It's wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. I'm sorry, Jesse. You were saying. <laughs> but uh, no, like you could, you know, farm for different stuff, and you could upgrade. Like at first you have this stupid watering can, you gotta plant each, you know, water each little square. But eventually you get one that lets you uh, water six spaces at once, and it was, mm. oh, good times. Once you got that super watering can. And I always, that's, I was always after that in like Animal Crossing, is the yeah. things that make all this, you know, tedious crap that I do in these games easier. So. Yeah, but it was, it was, oh, man. It was a fun game. I yeah, I you know I sadly never really got you know very uh, very into the Harvest Moon series. I don't know, they just kept passing me by. Like I always thought, like yeah, that's a game I could get into. And then you know it's like I'd get, you know, I got Animal Crossing on the GameCube, and I was like, yeah, that probably scratches that itch. Like I don't need to you know look into that. And then you know yeah, I guess Animal Crossing just kind of took that spot. And then you know I doubt it's in any way the same. But like you know my wife for a while there liked some of the Sims games, and you know that felt the same. It had elements of fucking. So, you know, we played a few of those. <laughs> and then it sucked because I tried to get her in, you know, uh, the Kmart around here was closing and they had a copy of Harvest Moon for the Wii for oh, like wow. five bucks. Ooh. And, you know, it's not the hottest game, a Harvest Moon Magical Melody. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the thing. She booted it up and like tried to play it and she's like, yeah, this, uh, this is really doing it for me. I'm like, yeah, this is way more weird in Japanese than I expected huh. it to be. I thought it would just kind of... Thought it would just kind of drop you onto a farm and let you go about your business, but there's like a weird story about fairies and like you know the town being blessed or possessed or some shit. And I'm like, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll go back to the Sims. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I've always wanted to you know get more into these games. So you know, I I honestly didn't even know there was one on the Game Boy. Um, 
but you know, I definitely got the uh, the Super NES one ready to go uh, legally, sitting on my game shelf, not in my not in a folder of uh, torrented Super NES ROMs, huh. not at all. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I should get into these. <laughs> I love your phrase, like, yeah, it has elements of fucking, like. I feel like every game, if you think about it the right way, has elements of fucking. And that's what makes you all fucked up, John. <laughs> Look at Marvel Madness. <laughs> you can find elements of fucking everywhere. Yeah. State of mind. Yeah, exactly. And it's this is why John is not allowed to go towards childhood playgrounds. <laughs> Other adult playgrounds? Um, yes, those are the ones that John usually goes to. <laughs> and he's not welcome at most of those either. So. <laughs> um, oh, well, cool, man. I'll so, smell um, out of most of those. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust me, I know. Been there. Dragged you out of them. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, the Harvest Moon series, pretty good. Uh, I assume they came out with better portable entries as the series went on. I assume there was a good one for like Game Boy Advance and DS. I hear there's a pretty yeah. good one for a 3DS. Um, but yeah, probably. David, co- confirm or deny. I will confirm. Also, <laughs> uh, there's these games called Rune Factory. Uh, they're kind of like Harvest Moon meets uh, Action RPG, and it's made by the same company that used to make Harvest Moon games. Hmm. And I hear those are supposed to be really good. Sweet. Well, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, Harvest Moon series definitely worth checking out, and, uh, you know, I like the soundtrack, it's, uh, you know, cute farming music, you know, which I guess is, you know, it's gotta be, since that's all you can do in that, uh, in the yeah. Game Boy entry. It better sound good for farming, cause it, uh, doesn't work for, uh, you know, the old, fuck <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, if there's, More like uh, Harvest Poon, <laughs> I gotta... <laughs> I'm gonna just drop that. I, you know, I almost took that bait. You know, not even gonna expand on that. But uh, so yeah, cool, man. If there's nothing else, then I say uh, it's just about time to turn on that old calculating computer, man. All right. Calculating computer activated. Computers. Beeps. Boops. Scoring complete. This game's winner is. David Fleming. Um, cool. So, holy shit, is this uh, is this the first instance of a back to back win? This is a GTT first, isn't it? What what's the oh. GTT first? Back to back wins. Uh, yeah. I think so. We usually don't let that happen. We usually fix it to avoid that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we usually do, John. As the, the first ever back-to-back Game That Tune winner, and as I will remind everyone, Game That Tune's absurd king, uh, I will take this victory. And um, for the theme, I'm going to pass that over to John Harrington. And for the bonus music, I'm going to pass that over to John Harrington as well. Um, because I actually didn't think I was going to win, so I didn't prepare bonus music. But, um... Oh, cool. Well... (laughs) (laughs) Tight, man. Um, I'm gonna talk as though I prepared bonus music. Um... (laughs) 
I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm at a loss trying to think of a theme for next week. Should we? I it's mean, just going to be the free play jingle God like three times. damn it, I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> it's so tip Because it's going to be episode 40. I'm trying to back into some idea for a theme for next week. Games from 40 years ago. Fuck that. Makes no sense. Um, it's just like Pong and Space War. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, anybody else got a good theme idea? This is really going off the rails fast. Text adventure game. <laughs> well, Fuck well, that. I mean, since since it's our fortieth show and like forty is usually a big anniversary, the GameCube just had its fifteenth anniversary. So GameCube. Uh, no, actually, you know, I'm gonna fucking veto that. Uh, All right, I fine. I won't choose a theme after you ask somebody to choose a fucking theme. <laughs> no, because I remember that I, I remember that I've been back pocketing themes this whole time. So it's the fucking 15th anniversary of the GameCube. It's the 15th anniversary of a bunch of really dope ass games. So we're going 15 years back. The theme is 2001. Uh, fucking game that tune, Odyssey. I was really hoping. so. Uh, I was really hoping they were going to say, no, no, wait, fuck that theme. I'm voiding it. I've got all these themes in my back pocket. It's the 15-year anniversary of the GameCube. Let's do GameCube games. <laughs> Just steal this idea. I'm making it my own. It did sound like it was going that way, didn't it? It really did. No, but... It- I've been, I've been back pocketing the year 2001 for quite some time now, so it's time to deploy my 2001 theme. So that's the theme next week. Uh, get your fucking 2001 games ready, and uh, yeah, let's have a great show. So anyway, uh, now that we've sufficiently botched this ending, um, you know, thank Which you. Which I won for the record. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, thank you to everybody who follows along with us. Uh, everybody watching live, twitch.tv slash game that tune. Live on Facebook, live on YouTube now, YouTube Gaming. John, do we have some kind of link for that, or do they need to download an app? Uh, we have a link that I send out on Twitter, you know, when we first start. I, Tight. Yeah. You can subscribe so, yeah, to yeah. whatever the YouTube is, probably. Yeah, you can subscribe to the YouTube once we define what that is. I assume uh, it's and just youtube.com slash game that tune. I would hope it is, John, because I've put this in your hands, and if you botch that too, then you know, we're in real trouble. Um, but yeah, it, you, know, you can find all this and more by following us on Twitter, at GTTPod. You know, we have a lot of fun on there. Post our shows, post our mixtapes, post all our goofy shit. Um, yeah, you can find me. I'm on Twitter, at JGangsta187. You can find Johnny, the uh, fuck up that he is, on Twitter, at <laughs> JPReganJR. You can, find Je- <laughs> you can find Jesse on Twitter at uh, Sega underscore legend. Yes. Uh, and then uh, you can find David, who uh, won back to back in the tunes, let the record show it, on Twitter at uh, DFD Fleming. Tight. So uh, since we deferred to me, I think, uh, you know, it's take your pants off time. We're going to play Pants Away, the main theme from It's Mr. Pants. So, uh, peace out, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's Mr. Pants.
It's Mr. Pants is copyright 2005 Rare Limited. Kirby's Dream Land 2 is copyright 1995 Nintendo of America Incorporated and HAL Laboratory Incorporated. Turok Battle of the Bionosaurs is copyright 1997 Acclaim Entertainment. Pilot Wings Resort is copyright 2011 Nintendo of America Incorporated. Harvest Moon GB is copyright 1997 Natsume. It's, David, it's, here's what you do, alright? Uh, you flip over a car, you set it on fire, you hold up a game that team sign. <laughs> just go outside to do that. Just how about that local sports team, and then when they give you an angry look, go inside. That's all you have to do. <laughs> and lock all your doors, turn off all the lights. Yeah. That motherfucker in that apartment is not a sports fan. <laughs> like, like a tornado. Go yes. sit in your bathtub. I want to see you in the shit. <laughs> yes, everybody is clamoring for my take on sports riots. That means flying cars and self-lacing shoes can't be far behind. You know, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Back to the future. Now, Back to the future was just a year wrong, you know. <laughs> now I actually do care about the World Series. <laughs>